This episode may contain strong language, nudity, and dated pop culture references. Parental discretion is advised. From the Audio Dungeon in Meltdown Comics, it's two packs a week with me, Jeffrey Golden. Welcome to Two Packs a Week, the trading card comedy show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Golden. Each week, I get together with a funny friend, and we open up weird, crazy, retro, charismatic trading cards. Why did I say charismatic? You'll find out in a bit. But first, let me introduce my special guest for the show. He is a stand-up comedian. He's the former lead singer of Ogre Mage, and he's the producer co-host of the long-running Andrew DeWitt Show podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Ames. Hey, thanks Hi, for having me. That's my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Yeah, happy to be here. Zach, you're a huge board game role-playing fanatic. That's true. What's the new game that everybody should be excited about right now? Um, Oh, man. I have so many games. I've been playing Abyss. That's like a new game. It's like a card kind of game. What is Abyss? I think people that are like into Match of the Gathering would be into it. That was me in 1995. Yeah, so. me too. <laughs> I stopped playing Match of the Gathering because I just could not afford it. Oh yeah, no, nobody can. I had like one rich friend yeah. and he still plays competitively. I had a friend, he wasn't rich, but he just spent all his money on Magic the yeah. Gathering. Like any like spare dime he had went towards getting a planeswalker pack or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there was this weird old bald dude that always wore a back brace that <laughs> hung out at the comic book shop. So yeah, he had he just had like black lotuses and would just kick everybody's ass. <laughs> but then Pokemon came out and then he switched over to Pokemon. Which That's I don't know if you were like around for any Pokemon tournaments. Not really. So the comic book shop I would go to, they had Pokemon tournaments. Great. But they didn't have any kind of like age brackets so there'd be like 35 year olds playing nine-year-olds and just like destroying them yeah that's right feel good about yourself (laughs) oh yeah in your face i'm yeah i made you cry (laughs) i took all your pikachus yeah and then there'd be like some angry mom just like give him back his geodude (laughs) he loves that i don't know what a geodude is (laughs) but give it back to my son my son Needs this card. It's like, mm, do you want to play me for it? Or better yet, date me for it. Yeah. No, that guy's a creep. I yeah, that yeah. Guy. Let's get into a fantasy world of our own. Excellent. Full of charisma, intelligence, dungeons. <laughs> dungeons and dragons. Wisdom. Keywords. Wisdom. Thank you. Strength. Acrobats. Yeah. Strength. Today on the show, we have TSR. 1992 Series Collector Cards Part 2. And TSR, for those of you who don't remember, was the original company that published the Dungeons & Dragons books, along with a number of other role-playing games. Indeed. This pack includes 16 fantasy cards, counterfeit proof, so oh, I, I really yeah. want to see <laughs> yeah, what the counterfeit proofing is. How they do that. Do think, what, what do you think it's going to be? Do you think you, it's going to be like a little hologram? You open up the pack and a spot it's, of ink comes <laughs> out at you. <laughs> Make sure. It's also limited edition. There's random sequencing. So the, Thank God. the sequencing it's not, is completely It's not just going to be 1 through 12, then <laughs> 13 through 18. It's going to be 1, then maybe 7. Ooh. <laughs> Followed by 48. And then maybe two. And then maybe two. Because it's random. It's totally random, guys. (laughs) 
and this is a tamper-proof pack. So if you're so it has glue, and then we also have Fleer Ultra Skeleton Warriors. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Okay, Skeleton Warriors, 1994. This is based on a cartoon. Prince Lightstar, terrific, leads the Legion of Light. Makes sense. Give it his name against Baron Dark. Also makes sense. Once a man, now an evil skeleton lord. It's the proverbial battle of light versus dark made super obvious by the naming convention. <laughs> All right, guest always gets to choose. Which would you like, the TSR or the Skeleton Warriors? I'll take the TSR. Here you go, sir. Ooh. So we'll start with the Skeleton Warriors. Ooh, and there's I like a nice weight to this pack. 16 cards. That is the most I've ever seen in a That's trading card That's a damn good pack. value, especially being tamper-proof and all those extra features. One. Ooh, this one has a zip. Yeah, like a nice high-quality glue. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, this art. Is it bad? Yeah. It's definitely like a genre of 90s art. I'll give you three to look at here. Oh, no. Oh, it looks, no. It almost so, looks like it's blurry. I'll start with a skeleton warrior. It's Stalker. Stalker is a skeleton with hair. Great. And he's wearing like a blue royal cape. Mm -hmm. And he's on the back of a wolf with no pupils. A skeleton wolf? No. Just like a a regular wolf. wolf, Okay. Standard wolf situation. And let's see, on the back, it's like an open book. So this is like the story of Mm -hmm. the skeleton warriors, the fable tale. At the top, it says Legion of Light, Stalker. Grim Skull's wolf never strays far from his master's side. I see, so Stalker is the wolf specifically. Mm. Last night, Stalker leaped across the campfire and seized Grim Skull's cape before he disappeared into the shadows. I know how he feels. Stalker's way. Who is this? Who's writing this? Who's writing this? It's like it's Stephen King. I don't know. A very frustrated copywriter. Stalker seems to understand Grim Skull's loneliness. And would travel blind into the unknown rather than be apart from him. Which bond is stronger? The blood of a brother or a beast? He doesn't have blood though, right? (laughs) Presumably no, so I guess that means the beast (laughs) in this instance. And then there's a quote from Prince Lightstar. Great. This is a good skeleton then. No, no. This is only a wolf. This is just talking about a wolf that hangs out with a skeleton. Okay, but the wolf is good. I mean, he seems loyal at the least. I mean, he doesn't seem good. Like, he looks evil, but they're describing him as like a loyal pet. So that's cool. Stalker and Grimskull will always be together. In their friendship, no two are more loyal. Prince Lightstar. But I don't get that at all. Grimskull is clearly a skeleton. Maybe there's good Good skeletons. skeletons. Good skeletons and bad skeletons. Well, because like mine talk about recruiting these skeletons. Like, there's just, like, a bunch of skeletons, and they... Why don't you dive into this one here? What do you got? This is Claw, a dead version of the Ultimate Warrior. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what he looks like. Its outfit is perfect. They must have used that as a reference. On the back, there's a very nicely written letter. (laughs) It looks like it's a letter from Baron Dark to Claw, which doesn't make any sense. Because this is the text. It wasn't hard to convince the deadly tracker Claw to join my skeleton warriors. <laughs> After all, a mercenary bounty hunter isn't exactly the safest of occupations. What better protection from bothersome prey than immortality? Claw, yet another lethal warrior of my legion. Oh, man. And then there's a, another quote from Baron Dark that's not part of the letter. <laughs> <laughs> they just felt like, you know what, we got to step it up. 
in terms of the copy. You're going to have your handwritten letters and your books, but you also need that quote too, those inspirational quotes. So this is from Baron Dark. Okay. What do you think Baron Dark sounds like? Well, but, but, they, yeah, but they can't have every character sound like Skeletor, can they? I think Baron Dark's more of like a mumra. Claws, exceptional tracking skills will surely help me recover the other half of the Light Star Crystal. Saturday morning gibberish. Yeah. Okay, so this is Baron Edens. Good. And the back of his is supposed to be a data chip. <laughs> so I guess this is like sci-fi as well. I like that they felt that they needed to have a story reason to put copy on the back of a trading card. Yeah. It's got to be it's gotta a make sense in the or world. A or a, yeah, or a letter, whatever. This is data chip number 0001953030. I wish it was data chip 00009830. Yeah. That's a much better data chip. That's like a really long number. How many cards do you think they were planning on making? <laughs> this was the premiere edition. Right, so they were right. like, well, we got to build it just in case we go to 700 editions of Skeleton Warrior cards. The back of this is gibberish. It says. Baron Edens was with King Lightstar and the rest of the diplomatic team recently lost over Threshanian Sea. The loyal ambassador had been one of the king's most trusted advisors since his appointment to the Peace Council 15 years ago. <laughs> Edens made the last transmission from the crash site, but it was never completed. I wish I had a Peace Council card. No, that's yeah. awesome. That'd be a great show. Peace Council! Council in peace! Hanging out! negotiating treaties peace council that's my pitch for the nice. spin-off show i've got one more here <laughs> i like the title of this card it's called victims of love it is two humans two poorly rendered humans they look like mannequins like they look like store mannequins with a bunch of halloween bullshit on them mm -hmm. one of them is wearing like a blue suit with a gold skull emblem so he's sort of like a heroic punisher and then there's a lady who's also wearing blue they both have black hair they look like brother and sister and then behind them is like the ghost of a skeleton warrior. that's got to be baron von dark right i would assume so but check this out victims of love zara the battlefield is a clumsy place for love it's a very wow. funny opening to a trading card passions run high Circumstances rage beyond our control, and the odds for anyone coming out a winner are blank thin. They are blank thin. Am I supposed to guess? Yeah, you should guess. The odds of anyone coming out a winner are... Razor? Mm, think of the cards. Oh. They're uh, skeleton warriors. Bone thin? It's bone thin. <laughs> Bones are not thin. <laughs> no, they're relatively thick. True, love makes us strong. But truer still, love gone wrong brings the greatest warriors to their knees. Man, who was writing this bullshit? <laughs> such... That's the quote from Baron Von Dark. Who was writing this bullshit? How did it tie it in in the back? Was it a... Oh, no, that's interesting. There was no tie-in. It's tie just like in. a straight-up card. Just like a regular trading right. card. Mm. Okay, so my last one. This is Dagger, whose weapon is a bone club. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't even bother to be like, we have to give him a dagger, a titular he, dagger. He does have a dagger in a sheath. Oh, okay. But his main weapon appears to be a giant bone <laughs> hammer club thing. Well, so he doesn't want to be obvious. He's being a hipster right. about it. Right. He's like, oh, you he's know. Like, well, my name is Dagger, but. <laughs> doesn't I, mean I always use a dagger. 
I'm versed in other skeleton weaponry. Here's another letter from Baron Dark to Dagger. <laughs> Great. Dear dim-witted Dagger, so eager for the evil touch of his master's hand, so eager to be a scallion warrior, how could I deny such a trusted servant such riches? Dagger served me well during our flesh state. Now he will enjoy the true pleasures of the darkness. The true erotic pleasures yeah, of the darkness? These bone warriors are fucking, for sure. <laughs> Yo, yeah, why else would they be writing sensual letters to each yeah. other back and forth? Yeah, the my pleasures. Dearest, my dearest dagger. <laughs> this is extremely erotic. Dear skeleton penthouse, you'll never believe the skeleton thing that happened to me today. There's a quote from uh, Baron Dark. Dagger now has eternity to graduate from bumbling aid to cunning crony. My guess? He'll need it. <laughs> what a dick. Oh, yeah, I know. He's negging yeah, Dagger. He is. He's negging him. Negging him. Dear Dimwitted Dagger. <laughs> you're cute, but you're also dumb. <laughs> Should we go out with have sex? That's his plan. He's the creator of negging. Maybe that's the ancient origins of negging. Yeah. Welcome to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. And these cards have not been tampered with. It's going to no, be the, very clear. The seal is intact. Yeah. Thank God. Wouldn't it be funny if they were tampered with and they were all just defaced and profanities just scribbled onto each one? So you're going to have to be our dungeon master through this forest. Okay. First of all, I'm not... What's with this art? The art's not that great on these. No. It seems like a little half-assed. This is super half-assed. This looks like garage sale art. Wait till you see the one I'm holding and you'll be like, oh my god, this is someone's girlfriend. All right, so why don't you start us off? Uh, so this is Vierna. She's in a bikini in the ocean. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and she has a dagger tucked into her bikini waistline. Seems safe. Yeah. So the back has their stats. I think they set this up so you could potentially actually play with these cards. Oh, yeah, that's Which neat. is kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. So Vierna, fifth level Cyanicist. Race human, armor class 10, Thacko 18. Isn't that like a style of building? Yeah. Like a Thacko house? Yeah, yeah. It's a, she's really good at roofs. <laughs> Equipment, potion of invisibility, four doses, and a dagger of venom. Now, background. Vienna lives in a polar cave complex that is heated by underground hot springs. She learned her abilities from an aging Cyanicist who had fled persecution in warmer lands and was looking for a safe place to grow old and die. Together, they have psychoported all over the world. <laughs> yeah, they have. I know a lot of hippies that do that. Yeah, definitely. They follow Humphreys McGee around and psychoport all over the country. I've got what I would call the red shirt of Dungeons & Dragons characters. He's a warrior in trees <laughs> with like a shield and a spear. This guy is like ready to be killed. Oh, he's a create-your-own. He is generic. He's super generic on purpose, so you can fill in all of the information. So my next one, its name is Malto, and it's a chair with eyes on it. That's great. A nice chair you'd find in someone's grandma's house. I mean, that's perfect. There's a bunch of chairs. Oh, okay, well, we'll all sit in the chairs. It's like, okay, you're sitting on monsters. You're all dead. Yeah, but he's not. He's a 12th level psychometabolist. <laughs> I like his equipment. He has dust of mind doling. <laughs> Which is just probably a drug, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, you can get dust of mind doling in L.A. All right, background. Malto is the son of a thieves' guildmaster who was a master <laughs> spy. So Malto grew up with a healthy respect for a good disguise. Ah. Having a keen intellect, he comes by his psionic talent very easily, and he has used that talent to assume so many forms that he is sometimes called the everything man. <laughs> I was thinking of it not as a shapeshifter. I was thinking he was like 
one of those treasure chests that are in Dungeons and Dragons. He could, he could be that. What I'm saying is, so when you read that he was like the son, I was like imagining like, <laughs> like a, a dad chair, chair and a mom chair <laughs> fucking and then the chair's pregnant and then gives birth to a baby chair. That sounds great. It sounds like a good game. Someone should do like an article on the life cycle of those trick treasure boxes. I agree. I'd read that. Oh, you know what? Mine are in sequential order. I just realized the first two is 473 and 474. Oh, yeah. Are yours yeah, in sequential right. order? Yeah, mine are also in sequential order. Didn't it specifically say that it was... Random? Random. Yeah. Random sequencing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Jeffrey was a guest recently on the Andrew DeWitt Show, and uh, with and Asterios was our dungeon master, and we played some D&D. It's awesome. And I think we're going to do some more episodes, and we definitely need to make Asterios work these cards into the next game. I, I agree 100%. This is Arcadamius Lukiard. <laughs> what does Arcadamius look like for the folks Oh, sorry. Know? He's longingly looking out to sea, watching <laughs> some boats drive away. I gotta tell you, Dungeons & Dragons is very exciting as portrayed by these trading yeah. cards. It's mostly people standing around, <laughs> looking off into the middle distance. I mean, to be fair, that's what most of life is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So they're, yeah. you know, they're catching the moments in between <laughs> the exciting parts. Uh, so he's an 11th level wizard. And his background is Arcadamius runs a small shipping company in Westgate and maintains shipping contracts with several noble families there. Yeah, not any more interesting than when we found his background out. That's very funny. Uh, his business is quite successful, which finances his magical training and experimentation. So he's a rich kid. Yeah, rich kid who, who inherited a business. And Arcadamius is also quietly establishing political clout with his customers. They didn't mention this, but he got to be so good at the shipping business by watching boats. Yeah. <laughs> coming in and out of dock. He was like, like yeah, oh, that's how boats work. <laughs> oh, good. This is a halfling warrior, apparently. Another create your own. Now, do you think this guy is even more generic than the other generic warrior? <laughs> yeah. This guy doesn't even have a he shield. He has a red shirt on. He literally has a red shirt on. This guy is meant to be killed. He's just like holding a sword. But weirdly, he's climbing up a rock for mm -hmm. no apparent reason. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be showing any like danger down below. He's just kind of climbing up a small so rock. There seems to be a really high percentage of these generic cards. Yes. Do you think that we just got a pack with a lot of them in it, or do you think that there's just like a shit ton of generic cards well, in my the deck? Ne my next four are all actual characters. Yeah, my, I think mine are too. So this is uh, Bolanda Artes. She appears to be Spider-Man. <laughs> She's shooting Spider-Man webs out of her hands. <laughs> Let me see that. She's yeah. like Greek goddess Spider-Man, basically. What's her deal? So she's a third-level wizard. Her equipment is Shiner. It's italicized. <laughs> a tradesman-class spelljammer. Belanda was born and raised in wild space. She has never called any planet home. So I think Spelljammer must be their, like, sci-fi version of D&D. We can have a Star Wars. Why can't we have a Star Wars? <laughs> Gary Gygax, think of a Star Wars. <laughs> All right, that's a Spelljammer's. So it says she inherited the Shiner from her father. So that must be what her ship is. The Shiner. Yeah, who departed several years ago in search of the Spelljammer itself. What? This is really confusing how yeah. they use the word spelljammer. It <laughs> seems just, like it means several. It's like being John Malkovich. Spelljammer, spelljammer, spelljammer. Spelljammer, spelljammer, spelljammer. Because in this spell instance, the spelljammer is capitalized and italicized. Right. But then there's spelljammers. Um, and anyway, spelljammy. So she's now joined in the search for the spelljammer. Well, thank God. We Even though her. she has a spelljammer called Shiner. Let's see. I have Dame Dory okay. and Boy Howdy. The 15th and first level paladins. They are humans. They are lawful good. 
lawful good. Boy, howdy is lawful good. They've got full plate armor and longsword. Dame Dory, once the scourge of evil, is fast approaching senility. She can rarely recall the name of her squire, Nat, but she steals about her keep shouting, boy, howdy, boy, howdy. What, for so, real? Yeah, that's what it says. And that squire has taken to answering to that name to avoid embarrassing his mistress in front of visitors. <laughs> Instead, he's got to embarrass himself by being known as boy, howdy. This nickname is going to stick the rest of his life. He's going to regret being kind to old people. <laughs> You'll see. At least he will in my campaign. <laughs> so I have Viscountess El Abith. Good. From Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. She looks like an elf. She is an elf. Equipment. Manual of Golems. Staff of Command. He's and Bracers of Defense. I think at some point in Dungeons and Dragons, they stopped coming up with names for weapons. And they were just like... Okay, it's a sword of whatever it is that it does. Right. This is Woltar. Is his name? He's like an elf. He's got pointy ears, and he's got like it's like himself, and then a like a sh shadow, a shadow of himself mm. at the back. Oh, there's a quote on the card. It says, "Reality isn't in the mind unless the mind is in reality." <laughs> it, it really is crazy how boring all of these are, because like every one of these should be an action shot of them fighting a monster. This is the first card that I've gotten where somebody is doing something. Other than looking into the distance? Yeah. I'll read this one. So this is Dido. You remember Dido yeah, doing uh, m m please don't call the wondering why I'm a halfling eighth level thief who's also a scientist. Equipment includes the flat box and, okay, this proves my point. Equipment includes the flat box and the ring of jumping. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of an object, and then this is what you want it to do. The art is Dido, who has super stretch arms, like Stretch Armstrong, holding up some kind of purple cube oh, well, in a at dungeon. Least, at least, at least Dido is doing something. At least Dido is doing. Thank you, Dido. So I've got one card left. Close this out. This is. Barum Quiverleaf. And <laughs> that's his real name. Yeah, it really looks, that's like a really accurate name. Oh, yeah, yeah, Barum Quiverleaf. Yeah, uh, so it's, Quiverleaf. it's an elf with glorious curly long hair staring mm -hmm. off into the distance. Many people attribute Barum's restlessness to his half-elf heritage, but in fact, he is seeking something very real. His magical ring was given to him by a mysterious woman who promised that if he could find her again, she would reward him with knowledge and longevity. <laughs> and quivering. And quivering. And so much quivering. You were talking earlier about the Andrew DeWitt show, about yeah. bringing these onto the show. I think oh, that's a yeah. great idea. Tell us a little bit about that show. Andrew DeWitt is the host. He's an actor. He's been on various TV shows. Very funny comedian. And yeah, we just have people come on, mostly just our friends. We don't really try to get like famous people that much <laughs> it's just because we just like to riff you just want to hang out with your buds no totally you've been doing the show for years yeah we're in our fourth season right now congratulations so, thank you that's very rare for a podcast yeah i think we'll be lucky to make it to what episode this be 12 or 13 we'll be lucky if this one actually comes out yeah it's generally kind of dirty if you're not very sex positive i probably wouldn't listen to it <laughs> andrew's a little out there with his Things that he likes. This is very true. He even draws a, a dirty webcomic. Yeah, he draws a dirty webcomic called Babes of Dungaria, <laughs> which is pretty funny. 
trade. It's time to trade. I know the skeleton warrior you were definitely going to be wanting here. I would really like dagger. Oh, dagger. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. The hipster skeleton warrior. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to trade the bikini babe. Oh. Plus the halfling warrior and the human wizard. Let me look at these here. I'm doing pretty well for dagger. I really don't want this red shirt okay. guy. Hate that guy. He's so purposeless. But throw in Dido and you've got a Ooh, deal. I don't know. Dido. Dido. It's the only card that they're actually doing something. I know. That's why I want it. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I'll throw in Dido, but okay. you need to throw in Claw and I'll sweeten the deal with something else. Oh, yeah. This is the one I thought you were going to want. Okay. Claw is obviously the best skeleton war. It's, here. Yeah. Claw's pretty good. You're going to have to throw in something pretty damn good. <sighs> All right. How about. Make this happen because I love Claw. How about I'll throw in all the rest of the generics. <laughs> Just the whole set of generics. Yeah. I think this is like the biggest trade we've ever done. And Viscountess Elabit. This is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cards for two. You know what? I'm going to take it. All it right. Good work, Good sir. Good job. Do we shake on it? Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> Here you go. Excellent. Thank you. Zach, thanks so much for being here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yay. This has been Two Packs a Week. Our guest, Zach Ames. I'm Jeffrey Golden. I'll see you on the flippity flop. So I've got one. Oh, yep. It's another Gennaro. He's like a muscular dude with a beam of light coming out of his palm. And he's got long gray hair. And he's just, like, kind of standing on a cliff. Yeah. And, yeah, it's another create your own. What would you say this character should be? What would you name this character? Borthog? <laughs> the Slammer? And he's really good at playing he's, pogs. He's a pog master. <laughs> oh, I like that. Two Packs a Week was produced and engineered by Mason Booker. Opening theme by Matt Myers. Break music by Lee Rosevere. Logo by Kenny Kyle. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Twitter at Two Packs a Week. That's T-W-O. And me at Jeffrey Golden. That's Jeffrey with the G. Special thanks to Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset. I left a bunch of these cards at the store for y'all to take. I'm your host, Jeffrey Golden. Hey, be good to each other.